Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Namaste, mods and mamas. Today, we are pressing the reset button on punishment. So I recently did a podcast on the difference between mindful parenting versus traditional parenting per se. I think that was episode nine, but this goes a step deeper. We're going to talk about positive discipline versus punishment. Now, I believe that positive discipline is the crux of mindful parenting. Now, this is not easy stuff guys because we're relearning the things that we've taught whether it was shame or spanking or shouting all these different disciplining methods that previous generations used and that honestly we've probably succumbed to as well because we are in this fight or flight stress state when we're being triggered by our child and that comes out so we're really trying to relearn and to reteach ourselves. So up until the point about age three, I really have to say that I did not know what was coming for me because you're you're in control when your child is a baby. Um, you know, usually they're pretty pleasant or mild mannered. They you control what they eat, when they sleep, what they do. And now age three was tough for me because that's when Ion started exerting independence, having his own voice, saying no meltdowns became more frequent and I felt like I was being triggered more. You know, the early phases of being a parent is all about survival. Now it's time to teach and discipline and dealing with how stress gets triggered with them and stress, our own stress being triggered. So I definitely had those moments like, oh my gosh, where did my sweet baby go? And I truly believe like parents must be parents all the time, right? And When you have a toddler and a child that's in elementary school, you realize that in order to really enjoy parenting, there is at least one time of the day that you need to come down to your child's level. You can't just always be a parent and relate to them on a parent level because that's what creates power struggles, that creates discord. That creates this whole dynamic of me being superior and you being inferior. You know, you don't always have to relate to your child on a parental level. For one moment a day, you must deal with your child at his or her level and come down and be playful and, of course, just be free, not be so serious. And I really have embodied one major idea is having mind, body, soul time with um, Ayan. And now I've been incorporating with Rihan, even though he's too little to know that this is specific mommy and me time. I will make sure that I have undivided attention with him at least for 10 to 15 minutes at a given period of time where I just get on the floor, I'm rolling around playing what he's playing and just watch what he's doing. And uh, I know that for a lot of us, we're like, we're with our kids all the time. Um, How is this different than the time that I'm spending with them? So I will kind of dissect the nitty gritty of this, but I really want to talk first about where misbehavior stems from and what I found to be true is that 
There are three things that happen when your child is exerting misbehavior. One is the need for positive attention. The second is positive power. Or third is an unmet primal need. Now, positive attention is all about them recognizing they're getting undivided attention from us that's not distracted without an agenda. And so that's where that whole mind-body-soul time comes in. It's creating undivided attention in pockets of time every single day, whether that's five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, whatever that works with your schedule, but it is a meeting, almost like a meeting where you would not reschedule unless you let the person know in advance that you have every single day that is so important to you that if you do need to reschedule, you let your child know ahead of time that, Hey, I can't make it for mommy and me time today. And I'm going to reschedule it for this weekend. And the idea is that for those pockets of time, you are doing what the child wants you to do. So it's child-led play. Sometimes it could be nothingness of just sitting there and just being able to talk with each other. Other times you can repurpose story time to be mindful of me time during the school days. It could be anything, but it means that your phone is away. You're giving them your full undivided presence and attention and they are taking the lead. I think they need, this kind of fills their bucket of their attention, but also their need for personal power and control because when we're constantly dictating things to them it gets to be overwhelming for them that they're always hearing someone telling them what to do and saying no to them that goes against the grain of who we are as a soul we want to be thriving and free and um, feel independent and anything that stifles our soul's growth of course our children need boundaries I'm not saying that it's just that how often are we hindering themselves of being their own true spirit and thrive in the way that's unique to them. So positive attention is something that we focus on every single day. And a lot of times misbehavior can be um, averted because when you fill their bucket before you know that you need to have concentrated time, whether it's a call or to cook dinner, if you devote those five to 10 minutes, you put on a timer and say, mommy and me time is starting now. And then you... um, End the timer and we said, I had so much fun. We're going to have this again tomorrow. I can't look, I can't wait. You know, you show your excitement. You recognize that there's a start and stop time. Yeah, in the beginning, they might even be like, oh my gosh, I don't want this time to end. I love this. And you might have some tears. We definitely had some tears. But then over a period of time, you your child recognized, I'm going to get this time every single day so I don't need to fight for it. And when the timer's up, then the timer's up. Then I have to do my own thing or um, go back to whatever I was doing. So it's something that takes practice. And actually, Ayan and I have done, we're doing a podcast on this. We actually shot it and I'm going to release it probably in the next month or so. So you'll get to hear his perspective on my mommy and me time, how it makes him feel, um, and for your children to listen and see if this is something that you want to build into your life too. So the second misbehavior stems from positive power. Now this stems from constantly us saying no and telling them what to do. And of course, we need to set boundaries, like I said. However, how often are we saying no to our kids? How often are we feel, letting them have child-friendly um, decision-making? So a lot of times with Ayan, I will say, you know, I'll let him know what he's in charge of and what he's not in charge of. When we were trying to teach him um, to eat by himself when he was like two, two and a half, and um, we said that, you know, it's mommy and daddy's job to buy the groceries, make the food. It's your responsibility and your job to eat the food or not to eat the food. So that's 
his choice. Uh, brushing his teeth, picking his toothpaste, picking at his clothes. You know, all these, I let him know that these are choices that you are in charge of. But then there's choices that mommy's in charge of. Mommy's in charge of what I make for dinner. Sometimes you can give your opinion, but a lot of times it's mommy's choice. It's mommy's in charge of making sure that you don't watch too much TV. Mommy's charge in charge of making sure you don't eat too much candy. Um, you know, there are these things based on your safety and your health that mommy and daddy are in charge of. So just letting them know, even when they're making small choices and when you're giving them one or two choices, that they're in charge of it. And now say if you give two choices, because Ayan has definitely been doing this when he was younger, um, not so much anymore, but you'd give him two choices and he'd be like, mm, I don't want either one of them. None of them sounds good. Then you give a default. If you, you either you walk upstairs to the shower, to the, to the bathroom to take a shower, or I can carry you up. And if you're like, neither, and be like, okay, since you decided that you can't choose, then mommy's just going to carry you up. And so, you know, that just helps build the pattern of they have choices. Now at the age of almost five, he knows that when I give two choices, it's, one of those two choices or the default um, is that I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to carry him or I'm going to have to do it or I'm going to have to pick for him. And he likes to be in charge. So he usually, even if he grunts and he growls, he'll pick a choice. I just have to give him a little space, which is hard for me because then I have to practice my own patience. And the third is unmet primal needs. So they're tired, they're hungry, they're hot, they're thirsty. Um, they're too cold. You know, Vata, but then People who are vata predominant doshas get cold. People who are um, pitha, like my son, get over hot, overly hot, and they get hangry and angry and um, impatient. Then there's um, overstimulation from large crowds or noises. Maybe a change in the routine. You know, being aware of these different things and then meeting the need as much as you can possible. Like if they're overstimulated, getting them out of the situation, helping them calm down where there's not too many bright lights or bright noises, uh, that can start helping them. Now, it doesn't guarantee that they're not going to have a meltdown because they might already be overly tired or overly hungry, but you're aware of what it is. And when you're aware, then you tend to be more empathetic. And so when we're doing positive discipline, I truly believe it's a three-pronged three. Playfulness, respect, and empathy. Now, that flows into every area of your experience of knowing when you feel stressed and triggered. So for me, I'm very, very clear that when I'm overly tired and I don't get enough sleep, I will be impatient. When I feel like I'm running late um, or when I feel like Ayan is raising his voice at me and showing me disrespect for no reason, these are all my triggers. So what triggers you to be unmindful? Be really, really clear of that because these are your signs of when mindful parenting can go awry and we go back to our old... Um, old uh, patterns of yelling, screaming, um, shaming, or getting upset. So this is really funny because I told Ayan that, you know, once a month, like when I have um, about to get my period, I get moody and cranky. And I said, you know, every woman gets a moon cycle. So once a month, I might be really upset or really moody. Just be patient with me. And I was trying to explain to him that when you get older, be very mindful that girls get moon cycles and that they're going to be they're they might be sad or moody and you have to be sensitive to that. And so now whenever he sees anybody getting like a mom getting upset in the grocery store, he's like, "Oh, mom, she must be on her moon cycle." 
<laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, don't say that too loud. But um, it's just so funny how he puts that together. And yeah, so be sure not to raise your voice in front of my son. He will call you out and say that you have your moon cycle. Um, so let's get into some strategies of positive discipline based on some of the most difficult things or most common things that come up. The first thing that I talk a lot about is timeouts versus time ins. Now, traditionally, uh, we know that timeouts is a disciplinary method where you're telling a child that they misbehaved, so they have to take a moment of time out based for a number of period of time. Um, I've never done a timeout, so I'm assuming it's like, I think it's the number of minutes that you sit is based on their age and they need to settle themselves down, think about what they did, and then they need to apologize afterwards. Now, time ins is a completely different method in the sense that the whole idea is that when a child is being told to go separate from an area, it's saying that you are too much, that your emotions are too much. And we want children to know that big feelings are normal. They visit all of us, even us parents. We have temper tantrums. We get upset and we misbehave, all right? Whether we like to admit it or not, we don't always have our stuff together. And so how would we feel if someone's like, you're being a little too much. Why don't you go over there? Because I just can't handle you right now and think about what you're doing and what you're saying. You would probably flip a screw because we don't think about what we could have done differently when we're in the heat of the moment or when we're in their flight or flight. When we're in our red brain, when we're in this primal fight or flight, all you're thinking about is fighting, flighting, or freezing, right? To shut down, to scream, or to um, feel anxious, or to talk back. So timeouts really don't work, and science is showing that it really doesn't work. And it actually goes against what we want in our children. We want to have teenagers who speak about their feelings and talk openly about how they feel. Well, how are they supposed to do that when we're from a young age, we're telling them, your feelings are not okay. They're too big. They're too loud. They're too uncomfortable. I can't hold space for them. So you need to go into a different room. Now, let me be very, very clear at this moment. I do think that it is important when a child is having big emotions to take some time away. That's what a time in is. Time ins gather your child to be like, let's go to a safe place so that you can let your feelings ride out. It's a place that you let them feel safe. Maybe they're going to go by themselves over a period of time. They will, that they need to just settle down and reset. If you're going to scream and yell, you can't do that in the family room or at the kitchen table. You need to do that in the time in corner. But here's the difference. You are showing empathy. So when your child is having a meltdown, the whole purpose of having a calm down corner is to create different tools and things there that they can use that when they have a meltdown will help them calm down. So the questions are, how do you feel right now? Do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel scared? Um, do you feel peaceful? You can start with the very basic feelings. And then you think of calming strategies that are going to help them calm down. Whether it's breathing, whether it's reading a book, whether it's um, doing using a calming jar. And you set these things aside ahead of time. You help them, they help you create this corner that's safe. Maybe there has a sofa, maybe it 
has some pictures, maybe it has some coloring books. And the idea is the focus is to help them calm down first before you have any teachable moment. Because here's the thing, when you try to teach them when they're in a red brain moment, you're going to have a Charlie Brown moment. They're going to only hear wah, 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 wah. All my mom does is talk, 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 talk. And it's not registering to them. It's going to annoy them, might overstimulate them. And then you get frustrated because it's not getting through. A lot of times some kids like what I was, I would just succumb. Like if I, I hated being in trouble. So if I knew that I was in trouble, I would just say, sorry, do whatever. And then that teaches kids, that doesn't teach kids that, Hey, I need to learn from my mistake. I need to just say, sorry, avoid it. And just, you know, avoid all confrontation. Now, the idea of helping your child ride out their emotions is to build emotional intelligence. We want children to know that it's safe for them to express their feelings, share their feelings, and have feelings, right? And as raising two boys, one of the biggest things is that I want to raise boys who don't have to resort to anger as their only form of feeling. I want them to be able to know that I feel jealous, I feel disappointed, I feel frustrated, I feel impatient, to be able to name it, to tame it, and then feel it to heal it. So that's what timings really do. You're really, you know, they're still being stepped away if they're having a big emotion, but you're guiding them. You're, you're, you're being empathetic to them. And if you are having a tough moment and you're stressed out, well, then you have to recognize mommy's feeling upset. Mommy needs to take a time in and you go to a designated place and you set that place that when mommy feels um, angry and she's going to go here. So like for us, I have my yoga room upstairs and downstairs. So like sometimes I need to just be like, hey, mommy needs a breather. So I'm going to go into my room and just sit and just take some deep breaths. So, um, you know, of course, breathing, yoga, posture, postures, movement, all helps them ride out and dump out the energy that they're feeling. So that's the first thing. And so remembering to parent brain to brain is so important for timings to be effective. Red light brain. They are they've lost their they've lost it. They are in fight or flight mode. So don't even bother trying to have a teachable moment. Yellow brain. They're whining, they're upset, they're getting impatient. Anything that you say is starting to trigger them. That's your sign. Don't push too hard. Don't say too many no's. Like you're going to have to get creative in the ways that you want them to do things, make things playful or just recognize you need to fulfill their unmet need that's causing them to go downhill that will potentially lead to a red light brain moment. And then there's the green light brain. This is when they're playful and happy and excited and calm. This is when they can learn. So you want to save all your teachable moments after they're in a green bay moment. So the whole idea is that they take a calm down break to reset. Once they've reset and you really have to be intuitive, like they've completely, you know, um, calmed themselves down. That's when you can have the moment like hey what just happened there what can we do better next time and a lot of times my teachable moments will happen at night because it's just too close uh, maybe I need to meet the unmet need maybe they're hungry or tired or whatever and then I will bring it up like hey you remember when that happened last um earlier today can we talk about it what could we do different next time and that's when you solution uh, find solutions and problem solve the other big thing is when your child says no. Now, I shared um, on a Mindful Parenting Tip Tuesday on Instagram this fun game that I came up with because this was becoming a problem with Ayan. Like he was constantly saying no. And then I really did a check-in and was like, hmm, well, have I been saying no a lot? And I realized that my first instinct when he asked me to do something and it's like I'm kind of feeling frazzled or anxious or running short on time because that's one of my triggers is that I say no. 
like I'm just like no we can't do that mommy can we play no not right now and I was like I'm always saying no and no is such a the energy of no is like oh I don't the, the conversation has stopped we're not going any further and it's so disconnecting. So I really made it clear that no is for safety issues, for danger issues, and to set boundaries. No, you may not hit me. Um, I will not allow that to happen. Or no, you may not scream at the dinner table. That is um, that is not allowed to happen because that's a boundary. And um, for safety, right? Like we're not going to let our kids run out in the middle of the streets or put their hands on their stove. Like these are all safety, big no's, no negotiation, However, using this saying no without saying no, say no without saying no game is all about helping children think in the affirmative. So I took this positive parenting class and they did this experiment where they're like, okay, we're going to tell you a series of um, statements and then you try to do it. And I said, don't talk, don't sit down, uh, don't stand up, um, don't touch that, uh, don't put your hands there and think about it. Just don't sit down. Okay. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to stand? Do you want me to jump? Do you want me to, do you want me to touch my toes? Don't shout. Okay. Do you want me to whisper? Do you want me to talk loud? I mean, not talk loud. Do you want me to talk in a, in a medium voice? So the whole idea is, is that when you try to like, it doesn't give you a clear statement of what you want them to do when you say don't, but I still found that like, I was really trying to be in the affirmative, like rather than say, don't run, don't shout. I was trying to say walking feet, please, or um, use, use a calmer voice or um, lower your tone. And I try to, but it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, the immediate is like, stop running. And then I will follow it up with stop running, please use your walking feet or please stop running. And I'm trying to be just like, take away the stop running. Um, but if you find that that's hard, then that's what you can do. You can just include the, you say no running and then you're like, can you please walk instead? Give them the affirmative of what you want them to do instead. And I always try to use my please and thank yous to just be polite um, so it doesn't sound like a demand. And so what the game is is that you want to practice with each other of asking each other questions that you have to say no to that um, and and say it in another way. So like we do simple things like, and we do this when we're driving to school. So he'll ask me, is it sunny today? And if it's cloudy, I'd be like, uh, actually it's cloudy today rather than saying, no, it's no, it's not sunny or no, it's cloudy. So um, you answer an affirmative. You're trying to train your brain to answer in a different way. Then sometimes he'll be like, um, mommy, do you like to eat chicken? And I'm vegetarian. So I'd be like, actually, I prefer fruits and vegetables. So that's how different ways of you to train you and your child to think in a way of not always saying no and then reserving no for what things that you really mean, like safety issues or you're, you know, that's a boundary. And so now I am, will be like you know you're you're pressing my boundaries or you're um you know pushing my buttons or like you know that's my boundary or that's a safety reason that's why I'm saying no and that's what we want right we don't want to raise children who don't know how to say no and I always say you know if it's like someone who's trying to hurt you or touch you or doing all those things those are hard firm no's and you get yourself out of that situation so that's a big thing. And then another thing that we usually struggle with is listening, right? Repeating yourself over and over and over and over again. So what I find that whenever I find there's a, 
problem that keeps reoccurring over and over again, I need to make a game out of it. And so Ayan loves GPSs and, you know, he loves cars. So the way that I did is that I noticed that you are taking the scenic route when we're supposed to get home from school and then take a shower rather than just going to the laundry room to take off your shoes and your socks and go up into your room to get ready for taking a shower you go to the playroom and then you take um then you stop to say hi to sky and then you go to the picture frames and i said that you have to program your gps so that it takes the shortest route not the longest route and then before we get home i said what did, did you program your gps what's the turn by turn directions that it's telling you and then i'll have him walk it too it says first it tell, it's going to tell me to go right and then go to the laundry room and then it's going to tell me to go up and make a left and go into my room and take off my clothes so that i could take a shower then i'm going to make a turn into the bathroom so that's just one way of like how you have to use kind of be like macgyver and use whatever you have what are the things that light your child up and you use bubble gum paper clips and a um a dental floss to figure out how to solve the problem i really do feel like motherhood is like macgyver and just trying to figure out what they like and then trying to make it fun and then great steps of like what you want them to do and so one of the big things like i try not to you know do so many rules but I'll always say responsibility before playtime responsibility before playtime like come up with little quippy little statements of like what your expectations are and um what you want them to do and uh you know and these become little things that are like kind of ingrained in their mind and the other one that we say is, is this a right or is that a privilege? And when we set consequences, it's all about taking away the privileges, right? So it's um, your right is to live in this house. Your right is to get food every day. Your right is to, um, you know, sleep in a warm, comfy bed. Your right is to be talked to respectfully. But your privileges are playtime, getting new toys, mommy eye time, um, you know, getting... Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, iPad, TV time, all privileges, right? So these are not rights, these are privileges. So I really hope this serves you well of how to build some positive discipline strategies into your kid's life. It's all about being playful, respectful, and empathetic. So definitely check out the show notes. Um, I have tons of resources. I have this great blog of creating your own calm down corner. Um, and if you're really looking to take the next step to build time ins into your children's life and you're looking for mindfulness scripts to help build breathing breaks, tips and tools and scripts for you when there's tough moments, what are you supposed to actually say so that you can stay calm and walk them through time ins, help them walk them through talking about their feelings? I actually can help you so i have a uh, self-study course called the mindful kids Masterclass, and it teaches you everything that you need to help build time ins build mindful breathing breaks build emotional intelligence but also help you when you're feeling stressed and kind of clueless what am i supposed to say when my child is whining when they're um, not sharing when they feel jealous when they're um, being too demanding when they're saying no um you know all these tough moments i have this amazing script of the 50 most tough um, parenting moments and the scripts to use. And so you can check that out. I'll put that in the show notes, um, a link to that, but it's Mindful Kids Masterclass. You can actually go to my site at thejalvpatel.com, go to work with me and you'll find the link there too. But um, for you being a time and talk listeners, I want to give you 15% off the course from now until December 23rd, um, 20. 
2019. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but this is when the, the code is going to be live. And um, use the code TIMEIN15. And this is going to be the best Christmas present for you and your kids because you're going to start the new year being more mindful, um, start off with these more positive disciplining methods, and it's going to teach you everything you need to know. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you love this, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, share it with your mama besties, of course. And if you're not following me on Instagram already, um, do so at thejalvpatel.com. And that's my jam, where I give short mindful parenting tips, behind the scene looks into my mindful and not so mindful parenting moments, and where I build this beautiful mindful mama community where I love to engage with you and repost your pictures and your mama wins. So all you have to do is just screenshot the episode, tag me, and use the hashtag Time and Talks Podcast. And I'd love to repost and see which podcast ahas. Um, that you received and that you loved and of course if you would love to lend your support please review us on apple podcasts we'd be so grateful because that really helps other mamas find our podcast so that we could all raise the first generation of mindful children and the next generation of peace leaders bye guys